The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Now, it's time for a trip down on the farm. Let's check in on reports from around the Oakland A's minor league affiliates. A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and today we're going to be talking with A's outfield prospect Greg Dykeman. After being one of LSU's top power hitters for a couple of seasons in college, the A's made him their second-round draft pick back in 2017. And after getting off to a good start in Vermont in 2017, he ended up missing a lot of time the past couple seasons due to some unfortunate injuries. But he went out to the Arizona Fall League this year and really lit things up. He ended up leading the league in homers, and he really showed what he could do out there. So we're going to talk with him a little more about that, as well as his whole journey through the A's system today. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Greg. No problem, Bill. Thanks for having me. So as I mentioned, you had a great season out there in the Arizona Fall League. You led the league in home runs, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. But I wanted to go back to when you were drafted in the second round in 2017, right before the A's took your teammate out there in the AFL shortstop, Nick Allen, in the third round. But I just wanted to find out how you felt when you first found out you were being drafted by the A's in the second round. Uh, I mean, it's just an incredible feeling. Um, you know, regardless of the team, uh, you know, it's just an incredible feeling to get drafted, get drafted high. Um, you know, it's what we all work for as players our whole lives. Um, you know, since the first day we ever pick up a bat and a ball, it's, it's to get drafted and, and chase our dream of playing in the big league. So, um, you know, I was super happy and super fortunate that the A's took me in the position that they did. Um, I fell in love with the organization and everyone in it immediately. Um, and like I said, it's it's just a dream come true. Um, one, to get drafted and, and recognize that dream, um, you know, and be able to basically chase it. Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask about that. Being from Louisiana, I was wondering how much you, you really knew about the A's, the team, the organization, the, the history, and what were your impressions of the A's system when you first joined it and got in the system? What were your impressions of how they operated? You know, being from New Orleans, um, we don't really have a, a hometown team um, necessarily. You know, the closest team would be the, you know, I guess the Astros, but um, all in all, I don't think there's really, you know, one team that Louisiana associates themselves with. So, uh, you know, I didn't really have too much of a knowledge in the history of the A's other than, you know, just the Hall of Famers and the superstars and all that good stuff. And, right. um, but, you know, other than that, um, it was it was pretty much going in blind as to how the organization operates and stuff like that. But like I said, I immediately fell in love with um pretty much the organization, everyone in it, the front office people that I had met, um, you know, from Keith Lippman to Ed Sprague, um, you know, just on down the list. Uh, I went to Instructs my first year, so I kind of got to form a relationship with those guys pretty quickly. Um, but all in all, you know, I just I'm enjoying the organization. Well, it's interesting because after you were drafted in 2017, like many players, you ended up spending that summer playing in Vermont for the Lake Monsters in the New York Penn League, and you had a really good season up there. You ended up leading the team in home runs. So what was your, your first taste of pro ball in Vermont up there that summer of 2017 like for you? Um, it's definitely a transition. Um, 
I pretty much went from, because we had made it to Omaha that year all the way to the national championship to basically two weeks later, you know, I'm playing up in Burlington, Vermont on, you know, eight hour bus rides to, <laughs> you know, the middle of nowhere up in the, in the middle East. So, uh, I mean, in the Northeast, I'm sorry. So it was, it's, it was definitely a transition, but, um, it was, it was cool. It's, it felt almost like a different game altogether. Right. Um, in the sense of, uh, you know, it's just, it's back to basically the simplest form. Um, it's about baseball. It's not about the hype. It's not about, uh, you know, team or, you know, it's not about trying to win a national championship or anything like that. It was, like I said, it kind of gets you back to the basics of baseball. Um, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. We had a good fan base in Vermont. Um, but you know, it wasn't 15, 20,000 a weekend. And it's, uh, you know, it kind of gets back to that camaraderie and, and, growing building new relationships with teammates you know through the bus rides through hanging out in the clubhouse and and all that stuff yeah that, that's one thing for sure when you take all the hype out of it at the low minor league level like that it, one thing it does is it allows you to focus on the basics of your game and the basics of baseball that's for sure yeah 100 percent um and i think that was the biggest thing that i realized is getting out there and it's, it's back to just playing baseball you know um you kind of get caught up and, you know, I can imagine at the major league level, too, it gets to be the same way. You kind of get caught up in, you know, the hype and, and the glam and the TV and all that stuff. So it was it was kind of a good little humbling experience, kind of bringing you back to, all right, you know, you're playing baseball. You know, you're not a superstar yet, hopefully. So. <laughs> right. So after that 2017 season, in, in 2018, the A's decided to have you skip over Beloit in the Midwest League, and they sent you straight to Stockton in the Cal League. How did you feel about that, the fact that the organization showed enough confidence in you to have you skip that level and, and go straight to Stockton that year? Um, it was it was pretty, you know, um, I guess shocking. I don't know if shocking is the right term. but <laughs> Surprising. You know, you, you always kind of hear, yeah, you always kind of hear that, you know, you're going to hit every level. Um, you know, you're going to play your rookie ball. You're going to play low A, high A, double A, you know, shoot all the way up. So for me, getting to skip over that and then jumping straight into high A, um, you know, I guess it's kind of an honor in a sense um, that they thought right. that highly of me to kind of jump into that advanced day competition. Um, but as you know, uh, that, that season ended pretty abruptly um, with the whole handmade injury that kept me out for majority of the season. I think I ended up only playing 40 some odd games up in Stockton. Right, right. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, you know, what that was like for you. Things probably started out at a high, knowing you were going to the Cal League and playing at that level, and then it ended up being, you know, a bit of a lost season for you. You got injured, like you mentioned, just a few weeks into the season with the Hammett injury, and it was a few months before you were able to get back in the lineup for Stockton, and, and you never really seemed to get back on track after the injury at that point. So what was that like, you know, just sort of going through those struggles and those injuries in your first full season in pro ball in 2018? It was definitely frustrating to say the least. Um, you know, I played about 10 games to start out the year. Uh, you know, I had a good spring training, my first spring training. So I was coming out feeling confident. And then, I mean, I don't remember much, but I think through the first 10 games, you know, I had an okay start. Um, but then, you know, my hand just started hurting more and more. And ultimately it ended up being a handmade fracture, but um, there were, you know, some difficulties throughout the process of, uh, you know, kind of diagnosing it and then figure out what the best treatment plan was. Cause you know, I, all I wanted to do was get back on the field and play. And right. that didn't even happen until basically August. I played the full month of August, um, but it was still bothering me through then. So at the end of the season, um, I went down to Arizona and had surgery and, and 
you know, basically put that all behind me. Um, but like I said, it was frustrating to say the least, just because it is that first full season. It is uh, kind of what you look forward to. Like I said, coming out of a strong spring training, you know, I want to get in, get into the organization and, you know, you start your path to the big leagues on, on trying to, um, you know, advance yourself as a player and ultimately move through the system. And it kind of felt like, uh, I guess, a lost year, uh, more or less because of the struggles of that injury. Yeah, no, I mean, it's difficult when you don't have the opportunity to get, get those regular at-bats and get into a groove. I mean, everybody knows baseball's kind of a, a game of rhythm and feel, and if you you can't get into that rhythm and get that feel, it makes it difficult to get anything going. But despite missing that time um, in 2018, the organization, again, showed some confidence in you by sending you to Midland in the Texas League uh, to start the 2019 season, and you got off to a pretty good start there in April. Um, you, it looks like you struggled a little bit in May, as I recall, and then you got hurt again with uh, a shoulder injury, I believe, in June, and you ended up missing about a month and a half last summer before coming back again in August. But I think overall, you ended up getting into about 80 games last year. But can you talk a little bit about what you went through in 2019 and just the learning curve of, of having to face that level of competition there in the Texas League in AA? Yeah. Um, again, you know, it was kind of a shot to go into spring training and, and basically go straight to double A after only playing, you know, 40, 40 games pretty much broken up in high A. So right. uh, again, it kind of, it kind of gives you another, um, not a sigh of relief, but kind of, you know, some confidence that, you know, sure. the organization still believes in you. So for them to send me to double A after, you know, essentially skipping over two levels is, is just <laughs> a huge confidence booster. So again, had a strong spring training, um, yeah, I got off to a pretty good start in April, um, May, the ball just wasn't really falling for me. And, you know, I basically, uh, you know, made some unnecessary adjustments and we all know how that goes. <laughs> Baseball's a mental game and, uh, you know, it gets the best of everyone. So yeah, but I started coming back on in June and then, uh, I dove for a ball and landed on my shoulder and basically had a grade three AC separation, um, that had kept me out for about seven weeks. And then I came back and got to play, um, the last month, um, but it was kind of still my rehab stint because this time I didn't go down to Arizona. Um, right. You know, I stayed in Midland to do my rehab progression. And then, you know, we made the playoffs. So I got to play five games of the first round of playoffs. But, um, you know, the past two years, the thing that I've learned is you can't, especially with injuries and, you know, you have a small sample size, you can't look at the stat sheet at the end of the year right. um, or even throughout the year. You know, you got to kind of look at your your sample size and kind of, you know, what you can, you know, what you provided, what you did, um, how you grow as a player and how you understand the game a little better. So um, it was definitely a learning curve going into double A competition because those are all, you know, big league potential arms um, with big league stuff. So, you know, I had my struggles just as everyone does, but, um, you know, I learned a lot about myself, especially after I got injured talking with Tommy Everidge, the hitting coach there. Um, you know, we had talked about a lot of stuff. I was able to clear my head. And when I came back from injury, it, it almost felt like a fresh start. Mm -hmm. So I guess the injury was almost a blessing in disguise. Um, and I was able to get hot there at the end of the season and into playoffs and into the fall league. Um, but I definitely learned a lot about myself being injured the past two years and, you know, just being patient, knowing that everything happens for a reason, that there is a plan and that there is a process. And, um, you know, the organization still has confidence in me. So I just got to keep that confidence in myself. Yeah, if there's one thing injuries uh, teach you, it's definitely patience. That's for sure, because you you got a lot of time. You just got to sit and wait when you're when you're dealing with those injuries. 
Um, I did want to ask you about the, the level of pitching you found yourself facing there at Double A. You know, a lot of guys talk about Double A sort of being the point at which the wheat starts getting separated from the chaff in terms of pitching. That at Double A, you got a lot of really solid arms there. You're, you're kind of facing a good pitcher every time out. So can you talk a little bit about the level of pitching you faced there and also a bit about the adjustments you had to make? Yeah. Um, well, so the little bit that I did play in high A, I kind of, from there to double A, I think the biggest jump in competition um, was, I guess, the consistency of arms that you faced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in high A, I feel like you'd run into two guys per organization or per, per you know, series. Um two starters at least that were guys and you know they would have one or two guys at the bullpen that were just you know they were just dudes and then getting the double a everyone's a dude you know there's no (laughs) there's no getting through one or two guys and then you know you can kind of back off a little bit like no it's full throttle the whole time you know every pitcher every starter you face is a dude and every dude that comes out the pen has velo or has some kind of deception or secondary that makes him you know who he is so that was the biggest jump for me, I guess, is, is just the consistency is that, you know, you got, you have to lock it in every night for all 27 because you're not going to get a break on arms. Um, and then as far as adjustments, um, like I said, I had a pretty good April moving into May. I just wasn't having success, you know, going back again, can't look at the stat sheet. I wasn't having success on the stat sheet, but I was still hitting balls really hard. And, um, you know, it, it kind of gets to you a little bit and, as a baseball player, you know, you want to see those hits fall. You want to see your numbers boost. So when you're hitting stuff hard and they're just not falling, you think that, you know, you need to make an adjustment in order to make them fall. Well, um, you know, obviously that's not the case looking back in hindsight, but uh, (laughs) so that's, that's kind of where I was. Um, And then, you know, I kind of made, I kind of got back in in June and kind of found my groove again. And it was just, it was more or less looking um, not mechanically changing, I guess it was, uh, I guess I was trying to force action by, by swinging at stuff that wasn't necessarily anything that I could impact. So, um, Ep, Jim Epper came in town and we sat down with Tommy, uh, the hitting coach in Midland. And, and we kind of just reformulated my plan, reformulated my approach to when I was having success. And like I said, that's kind of how I got back in June, kind of got back on track. And then I got hit with the injury. Um, but then I was able to just take that and kind of think on it. And then, you know, again, like I said, I had a fresh start, coming back from injury and and I was able to just, you know, finish strong through the end of the season. Well, one thing, speaking of the stat sheet that kind of popped (laughs) out last year was the stolen bases. You ended up with 19 stolen bases there in Midland. I don't think you were able to steal any the previous season in 2018. I know you had a few stolen bases in college, but I don't think you'd ever Mm -hmm. hit double digits there. But put 19 uh, on the board in Midland last year, I guess it shows you must have some pretty decent wheels for a big guy anyway. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's always kind of been a something that's been overlooked, I guess, because I've always been labeled as a power hitter um, in college and then coming into the draft. And, you know, it's kind of you don't really see that, I guess, that mix um, unless you, you got the freaks in the big leagues and stuff like that. But I've always, you know, had confidence in my speed. I've just never had the right, um, I guess, manager atmosphere um, to kind of, you know, let me go and, and build that confidence and, and kind of test it out. And in double A this year, we, you know, he pretty much gave us all the green light and was like, you know, if you can go, just be smart about it, but, you know, get it. And so um, I just, you know, I wanted to test it out. And the the more I stole, the more confident I got, the, the more I challenged myself trying to go on guys that have quicker times, picking up on some different tendencies, um, you know, working with Bobby Crosby, uh, looking at pregame film, you know, pickoff moves, uh, times, you know, 
little things that we can key in on. So I really became a student of base running and kind of base stealing. And it's, you know, it's with anything, the more success you have, the more confident you grow. So uh, I just, you know, I used to just get on and go um, with the right situation, obviously. But, but um, you know, when I got to about seven or eight stolen bases in a row, I think it just, you know, my confidence was at an all-time high. So I just kept going and going and going and just challenging myself more and more and more, um, you know, and I was able to put up a big number in that column. And, and it makes me feel good that, you know, it did get recognized. Um, you know, that I am not, that I'm not a one dimensional player. You know, yeah, I do that, have the other tools. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think you're, you were only thrown out about five times with the 19 steals. So you had a good, you know, really good percentage as well. It wasn't just that you were running a lot and stealing bases, but you were very successful when, when you did attempt it. So that's obviously good to see if you can pair a little bit of speed with the power. It definitely adds a whole other dimension to your game. But like you mentioned, you did finish off the season strong that last month of the season when you came back from the injury this year and uh, then the team decided to send you out to the Arizona Fall League which is a nice showcase so how did you feel about it when you found out you were going to have the opportunity to play out there in the AFL in the fall well going into the season that was one of my goals um obviously your goal is to just do well and then you know you want to get promoted if you can um but that you know that's other factors um that that let that happen so one of my main goals going into this year was to make the Arizona Fall League or get that invite and then getting hit with that injury, you know, it kind of, it kind of knocked that down for me. You know, I thought there's no shot. And then uh, I think about a month, a month and a half left in the season, Keith Lipman came up to me and told me that they were going to be sending me there um, in order to get me more at bats. Um, and he said, you know, I'd be playing almost every game in order to get those at bats. I'd be playing all three outfield spots. Um, so it was, uh, it was definitely, again, you know, I keep reiterating it, but it was a confidence booster, um, that the organization is, is still looking at me as one of the guys that they want to see, you know, have success. So, uh, it was, it was definitely nice to get that invite, um, being that it was one of my goals going into the season and then, uh, being able to go out there and make up that bats that I had missed these past two years due to injury was just another huge thing that, um, just, you know, kind of really eases the mind a little. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's a pretty high level of competition you're facing out there in the Arizona Fall League with a lot of high draft picks playing, but you ended up hitting really well out there. You ended up leading the league with nine home runs over just a five or six week season there. So what do you think accounted for the success that you had out there? And how much did you just enjoy that experience of playing out there in the AFL? That's exactly what it was. It's just the enjoyment. Um you know, I got to get out there, and again, it was just a fresh start for me. Um, it's a, it was a whole new season. Injuries behind me. My my plan was just to go out there, you know, have a bunch of fun in this league, um, face some great competition, similar to what I'd face in Double A, and hopefully be facing in Triple A in the big leagues in the next coming years. Um, and you know, you get to see a bunch of guys that you played against either in high school or college that are having success as well. And so it's just it's a really cool atmosphere to be in especially out in Scottsdale, Arizona. And like I said, just all the guys are out there. Um, we had great managers and coaches, which made it even more fun. So it's, you know, we play a kid's game for a living and, and we're blessed to do that. So I think we always kind of, everyone kind of gets lost a little bit um, in taking it a little too seriously sometimes, because at the same time that it is a job, we do have to remember that it is a game and that we're fortunate enough to play it. So it kind of got me back to just really enjoying the game, having a fresh start and, and just going out and be able to, you know, play with, you know, just confidence and, and not really have any worries. And 
I think that pretty much just led to success. It kind of just got me back to who I am and not trying to press for maybe, I guess, lost time that was made up or trying to get back into a season that, you know, I had, had taken away from me. Yeah, well, like you said, if you can't enjoy yourself playing baseball, then you're probably doing something wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the pitching you faced in the AFL probably had to be even even a little better on the whole than you were used to facing in Double A last year. Uh, but it seemed like you were taking more pitches and showing a little more patience out there in your at bats. Would you agree with that? And do you think that helped account for some of the success you experienced out there? Definitely. Uh, my approach was you know, pretty much the same, or it was, uh, it's the best, I guess my, it's the best I had ever executed my approach. Um, it's, you know, I just had confidence in myself that I was going to get my pitch at some point throughout the at-bat or throughout the game. Um, and then the main goal there was when I do get that pitch, it's to not miss it. Um, so that kind of led to taking more pitches, you know, being confident that, you know, if he, if he gets me on the corner, he gets me with a a breaking ball that I'm not looking for. There's no reason to chase it because I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to get myself out. So um, that's kind of where I was with it mentally is, is just, again, just having confidence in myself, having confidence in my approach and my abilities that, um, you know, I, I can work this approach. And then when I do get my pitch and I don't miss it, good things are going to happen. And I was able to show that over that, you know, 23 or, or 30 game period, the 23 that I played in. You hit a lot of home runs out there, and, and a lot of times that's the result of being patient enough to wait for that right pitch that you can do a lot of damage to. So obviously that approach worked out and, and paid off well for you because you were able to exhibit the kind of power that everybody knows you have. The other thing you kind of briefly mentioned is while you were out there, you played all three outfield positions, and you really spent a good bit of time playing center field out there in the AFL, which you really hadn't done in the A system before. So can you talk a little bit about that, how comfortable you felt in center? Um, did you know that was coming and you were going to spend that much time out there this season? So I didn't know I was going to spend, you know, the majority – or I don't know if you know if it was – majority but I think I had a pretty even split between center and right field and then you know a good time in left field too but um, I was told that I was going to play all three outfield spots and um, you know playing all three kind of being versatile in three in all three is is something that I've definitely wanted to get around to Um, but you know you can only do so much you can take as many fungos as you want but as far as game reads you know you just got to wait till the manager pencils you in in another spot so uh, majority of my career had been spent playing right field so getting out there in center um, you know, I, I thought I'd handled it pretty well. It's definitely a different look. It's a different feel. Um, you know, the instincts are a little different, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting to play all three, um, and kind of, you know, show myself that I'm versatile and that, that I am capable of doing all that. So that was definitely fun. And, and I enjoyed that. Uh, I was able to get to do that. Yeah, well, having the ability to step in and center certainly, you know, is a great thing to have in your back pocket, as uh, as uh, mm-hmm. Mark Canna has showed at the big, big league level for the A's. Um, well, now, now that the AFL season's over and you've had a few weeks off and you've been back in Louisiana there, so how, how have you been occupying yourself now that you finally uh, had a little uh, downtime after the end of the AFL season? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that I was happy about is, is having a healthy offseason. Um <clears throat> Uh, so just getting into the off season healthy, having a full off season to kind of plan out how I want to, you know, work into spring training and kind of peak at the right time going into spring training. So, um, but basically when I got back, I didn't, you know, for the first week and a half, I didn't do anything. I just, you know, from New Orleans, I ate some good food and slept a lot, you know, so, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, about two weeks ago, I started getting back into the gym and, and I'm gonna start hitting here soon. And 
just kind of ramping everything back up. But uh, it's 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 enjoyable being home, being around your family and friends. Um, you know, I'm like to hunt and fish a little bit when I can in the off season. So I'm gonna start getting into a little bit of that here in the next week or so. Um, but all in all, it's just you know it, it feels good to be home. Feels good to just kind of relax and and be in in your atmosphere. Well, after the season you had in the uh, the AFL, you must at least be entering the off season with a feeling of accomplishment and, and a sense of confidence moving forward anyway. So what kind of hopes or expectations do you have or what, what are you looking forward to next season as uh, 2020 uh, rolls around on us before long? Um, well, going into what will be, you know, my third full season, even though I haven't really played one yet, it's it's uh, playing a full season, you know, staying healthy playing a full season um obviously doing well and um you know the goal is always the same every year is to to do the best you can and then hopefully get promoted um but you know that's you know kind of out of your control things have to fall into place so I'm just going to go out um you know trying to show up the spring training healthy and strong again and um just play through a full season and, and you know do what I'm capable of doing and, and just showing the organization that you know I'm still the guy that they they drafted in 17 and you know, I'm growing as a player, growing as a person. Well, the future's looking bright for you after you were able to be healthy here at the end of the year and have that productive AFL season. It was just good to see you have the opportunity to show off your tools and show what you could do when you're healthy. And I think a lot of A's fans are looking forward to seeing what you can do, hopefully uh, at the AAA level next year as well. But it, it was great talking with you, great getting caught up with you. We certainly wish you the best of luck with everything next season going forward. And thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with us today. Yeah, thanks again for having me, Bill. I enjoyed it. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. We'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.